believe that you're on your way to better days, rise on your feet and begin to say it faithfully with the force of faith. Our prophetic direction this year says, wait, move to our next level by the force of faith. Next level by the force of faith. Faith is a force. Faith is a force. Faith is a force. If you believe that you are going to your next level, you are entering your better days, rise on your feet, say it convincingly, turn it to a prayer, I call your name, personalize it. I am entering my better days. I am entering my better days. I am not going home the same way I came. I am entering my better days. My status is changing. My status is changing. My status is changing. Just like Joseph, he entered Egypt as a prisoner. He entered Egypt as a slave. But when the time came, the king sent for him. The king is sending for you today. Fire is what? When the time came, the king sent for Joseph. The king is sending for you. And your status is changing today. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're excited to be in church this morning and you're happy to see our Father and the Lord back, let's shout hallelujah to God for His grace upon their lives. Hallelujah. And Mother and the Lord is also with us. She's online. Let's wave to her. We love you, Mama. Hallelujah. Amen. You may please have your seats in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank God for that beautiful ministration by the choir, celebration voices. God bless you. Hallelujah. And wow, what a drama presentation. To be sincere, I didn't plan to use the analogy of Joseph because we have used it over and over again. But it is the illustration of the message this morning. I didn't plan... Uh, Coincidentally, I lead, uh, I'm the uh, supervising minister for the drama unit. But this weekend, they never told me anything about what they're going to present. God is my witness. But everything they said is apt with the word. Hallelujah. Before we continue, I want to appreciate God for this privilege and appreciate God's servants for this privilege again. Thank you so much, sir. May the grace of God upon your life continue and increase in Jesus' name. It is my conviction that everyone here will change levels this morning. You know why? He said, when two things align, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter, a truth is confirmed. Now, I have a message. When I start giving the message, you connect it to the drama presentation. Then you know that, yes. God is involved in this message. And this message is for you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3, 5-6 to As we pray. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the latter, but of the spirit. For the latter killeth, but the spirit giveth light. So we're going to be praying. On your seat, just ask God, you want the word 
that is spirit that will give life. You don't want the gymnastics. You don't want the grammar that comes to the words. The letaculate. You want the spirit of the word to speak to you. This word that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. They are life quick. Now what that means is as the word is coming, peradventure there's anything in your life that is dead or that is sick. It doesn't have to be your earth. It might be your finances. It might be your property. It might be your children. Whatever it is that is not up to shape, the word will quicken it with life. That is what it means. The word that we speak, they are spirit and their life. So turn that into prayer while I also be praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, speak through me because my sufficiency is of you. Let every word that I speak this morning be your life-giving word. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. So that everyone under the sound of my voice will, Father God, change level by the power of the spirit. In the name of Jesus, we are prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Our prophetic direction for August 2020. Uh, can we re-echo it? With... Hallelujah. <laughs> studio, studio, no, no, no expose. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I am on the eagle's wings. And we can take that from the anchor scripture there. Deuteronomy 32. But I want us to start from 10 and go to 13. Deuteronomy 32, 10 to 13. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. Say, he led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eyes. Hallelujah. As an eagle stirred up a nest, fluttered over a young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, buried them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him. So the Lord alone will lead you this morning in Jesus' name. And there was no strange God with him. 13. He made him ride on the high places of the earth. That he might eat the increase of the feeds. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock. And oil out of the flinty rock. Hallelujah. We all know the story of the Israelites, right? But this is a very beautiful part of it. It looks rosy. It looks beautiful. That they went through hell. Right? If you know that story. Hallelujah. So, we are, we are taking our bearing from this uh, prophetic direction for the month. And the title of the message this morning is, On the eagle's wing, embracing the storms. On the eagle's wing, embracing the storms. And our anchor scripture is First Corinthians, First Corinthians 10, 13. There are no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Say common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. That is what happened at the Red Sea. Though God took them to the promised land. But at the Red Sea, this is what happened. When it came at the Red Sea, God made a way. God will make a way for you in Jesus' mighty name. So as we know this month and continuously after this month, we are on the eagle's wing. Let's look at what happens on the eagle's wing. One, when there is a storm, 
the eagle flies into the storm. You can go and do that research on your own. The eagle, other birds will duck when there's a storm. They will go to their nest. But the eagle wants, the eagle senses the storm. The eagle is ready for a flight. It, it flies, it flies into the storm. What is the eagle doing? It's embracing the storm. Taking the advantage of the storm to get to the wind that it needs to soar. Without the wind, the eagle doesn't soar. But if there is a storm, the eagle goes above the storm. Similarly, the eagle goes above the cloud when there is a rain. When there is rainfall. The eagle flies above the cloud because the rain comes from the cloud. I don't know if you know that, but the rain comes from the cloud. So what the eagle does is it goes above that cloud. So while other birds are enjoying the rain, the eagle is above the rain and the difficulties that come with it. Soaring higher. So that is what we are supposed to be experiencing. But we must first go through the storm. You can't get to that altitude with the eagle if you are not ready for the storm. So that is what we are trying to look at today. How to embrace that storm of life. It comes to everybody. You can't say there is no storm in your life. It comes naturally. And we are going to dissect what those storms mean. Hallelujah. From our prophetic focus and prophetic direction for this month. When he led them through the desert, it was for him to prepare them for nationhood. They, it would have been easy for God to just say, poof, appear in the promised land. And they would appear there. Because he is God. He does what pleases him. Do we understand that? The sovereignty of God he is God. He does what pleases him. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what, what, matter what your neighbor thinks. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks on earth. If God wants to do what he wants to do, he will do it. But there is a strategy. Just like the eagle is strategic, God is strategic. Because our God is the mother eagle. Hallelujah. And this is the way he operates. He said he was going to make them a nation. In fact, it started with Jacob. When he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. The process began. It didn't begin in Egypt. It began that night. So when you are praying some prayers, if you are not ready for the storm, be careful what you pray for. Because Jacob said, I will not go unless you bless me. I will not go unless you bless me with all passion and everything. And God blessed him. I changed your name from Jacob to Israel. Now the storm comes. The size of your storm determines the size of your rising. Hallelujah. Let's not go too far on introduction. Genesis 46, 2 to 3. Look at this. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Yeah, am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt. For I will there make of thee a great nation. If on the hindsight, when we read it from the Bible, it's easy to tell the story. But if you know what they went through in Egypt, maybe some people would have said that prayer, Jacob wouldn't have made that prayer. But it's the same thing with us. When you pray, expect the storm. Tell someone, expect the storm. Except what you prayed for is 
it's not uh, big enough. If it is to have a McDonald's, it's okay. Before God even answers, someone here will answer it. Buy you McDonald's easily. In fact, they will even call DoorDash or one of the food providers. Before the service ends, you have a, is it Mac Double or what? Mac Double. You have the burger, the fries, everything. Yeah, they can even... But if you really want to move to the next level, expect the storm. The storm must come with it. Hallelujah. That is what God was telling Jacob. Hallelujah. Then Genesis 46, 4. I will go down with thee into Egypt. So don't be scared that there's a storm. Don't say, okay, because of the storm, I won't pray. He said, he will go with them into Egypt. So even though there's a storm, God is with you in the storm. It's not like our, our biological parents. Some parents will not go with their children into the storm. Okay, you never heard that, right? It's okay. They will not go with you into the storms. But God, our mother eagle, will go with you into the storm. And that's what he was saying. He said, I will go down with thee into Egypt. And I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon the eyes. Look at that promise. They have not even gone through the storm. But he said he will bring them out of the storm. So you need that mindset. Hallelujah. To embrace the storm. Praise God. Let's look at some examples of people. I just want to thank God for that drama again and let us estray the life of Joseph. It's not part of the message like I said. But when God showed Joseph that the, the, the moon, the stars were going to bow before him, that was glory. That was a change of level. But what was next? He led him into the pit. He almost died. They almost killed him. But because he was with him. So sometimes some things may happen. And you are crying. But if you looked at what would have happened. I come from a place where they say. Instead of something bad to happen. Let there be thunderstorms. <laughs> if I speak it in broken English. You understand it better. It's that instead of something bad to happen. Let there be thunderstorms. Let there be rainfall. So that people will go indoors. What that means is. Maybe Joseph would have died. But God, because God was with him in the storm. He kept him in the pit. But that was not the promise God made to him. For a young man like him, he was a teenager. But he was thrown inside that pit. And you thought that the pit would be the end of it. He became a slave. And from slavery, he was accused wrongly. So some of you have been accused wrongly. And you are still crying over it. Stop. It is part of the storm. It is part of the process. It is a setup for you to move to that level. If you are crying over all the accusations, the devil is the father of people who are accused. He will send more. And he will keep you at that level. So don't cry. Once you know that you are on the right side, make peace with God. Move on. Hallelujah. And from slavery, what happened? He went into prison. As if that was not enough. But eventually, because God was with him, he brought him up again. And he became a prime minister. You don't know the story of Joseph. But before Joseph, there was no prime minister. So similarly to what you are going through. If you think it with your senses. Natural senses. It will make sense. Because there was no prime minister for Christ's sake. So where was he going to occupy? 
If God has even told him that you'll be a prime minister, and he got to Egypt and asked them, is there a prime minister in this land? They said, no. So, no, God, God, and maybe not this Egypt. So, if you try to accommodate what we are saying this morning in your senses, natural senses, you won't get it. But if you are operating in the spiritual realm, you will get it. And that is what happened with Joseph. Then look at our father Abraham, the father of faith. In Genesis 20, we won't read it because of time. After all the blessing God promised him, when he faced the storm of famine, what happened to him? Fear came. He said, Sarah is his sister. But actually, Sarah was his sister. So, <laughs> I'm trying to defend my father in the faith now. <laughs> actually, Sarah was his sister. So, it's okay. so it wasn't a lie if you look at it logically. But fear came in when he faced that storm. So even when you're afraid, do it anyways. Because God is still with you in that storm. Because look at what happened at the end of that story. Abimelech did not only bless him. That was the beginning of Abraham's prosperity. If you read that, the scripture said, Abraham was giving men, servants, maids, thousands. I think, okay, that was for Sarah. After blessing Abraham with all the prosperous gifts, the, the, the king, Abimelech, is also a humorous man. He called Sarah and said, your brother, even though God has showed him that he was just He said, I've given your brother a thousand or thousands of the currency in that day, in that day to take care of you. So not only was Abraham blessed, but Sarah was also blessed. And Sarah was not touched by the king. Why? Because God was in the storm with them. So all through, when you go through the storms of life, don't panic. God is with you in that storm. And he will bring you out. Hallelujah. We don't have time to look at Isaac, Jacob. I mentioned Joseph here, but we have looked at him because of the drama. Moses, David, Paul, the apostle. But because of gender equality, let's look at the experience of a woman. Hallelujah. Look at Deborah's experience. Judges 4. She was judging. <laughs> she was just honestly judging the Israelites as God instructed her. God spoke to her, tell them this. And she told them, God said, call Barak, the leader, the battle leader, or the, their greatest warrior. God said, you should go into this battle. It will give you victory. You think that is where the story ends. Barak said, I will not go except you go with us. This was a woman who was just, our duty is to prophesy. Some of us are in that category today. You prophesy. God said, tell this, this. But the person doesn't want to move. God expects you to go with them into that storm. It's not enough to tell them what to do. So when they said that, what did Deborah say? said, I will go with you. Because she understands that the God will serve. The mother ego. When you are on the flight with the mother ego, you will go into the storm. And what did she say? Because she will, she will have her own victory too. She said, because of this, this victory will be at the hand of a woman. Yes, I'm going, but I also deserve my prize. And eventually, if you read the end of Judges 4, the victory was in the hands of a woman. Not in the God prepared Barak. That is also another story for another day. God prepared him to go, but he was not courageous enough. And he lost everything he did that day. The victory 
was in the hands of a woman just because Deborah said so. Hallelujah. Then let's look at Jesus' experience finally. Hebrews 5, 7 to 9. Let's read this. Hebrews 5, 7 to 9. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death. I'm going to visit this later, but there is no problem when you cry. There's no problem for tears. I, I, I come from a country where they say men don't cry. <laughs> the man has not seen anything. There are some things you see, you cry. And I, I think it was just hypocrisy because I've seen most of the men cry. I've seen my father cry. So, and he was, he's a king in that country. <laughs> so when people say men don't cry, I think it's just maybe figure of speech. But don't be scared of crying. It's okay to cry to God because Jesus even did it. He said, unto him that was able, so know who you cry to. Don't cry to the problem. Cry unto the one who is able to save you from death and was heard in that he feared. Eight. Verse eight. Though he were a son, yet learn the obedience by the things which he suffered. So Jesus faced the storm of the cross. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So all through these examples, you can see they went through the storm, but eventually they came out victorious. That will be your testimony in Jesus' name. Even when the airplane is taxiing, wants to take off, when the plane wants to take off, what happens? There is a lot of rumblings. Why? Because there's a challenge going on. There's a storm building up. Why? Aerodynamics is trying to overcome the forces of gravity. Gravity is pulling it down. So when you are taking that flight, the storms of life want to pull you down. Because naturally, gravity's work is to bring people down. They say, whatever goes up comes down. But when you are on the eagle swing, you don't come down. That is your testimony in Jesus' mighty name. Unlike the coronavirus storm, <laughs> hallelujah, it has been a blessing to many believers. I don't know about you. It's been a blessing to me. It's been a blessing to our church. We have had lots of testimonies to certify that yet, even in that storm of COVID-19, the mother eagle is still with us. We are on the eagle swing. Hallelujah. And even look at the church. Humorously, we went from economic class to business class and first class. Look at how you are sitting. Before we were in economic class, we, we, we squeezed in everybody sitting next to each other. But because of COVID-19, just look at how dickiness is relaxed. This is business, no, first class. This is business class and first class. Hallelujah. So COVID-19 thought it was going to be armed to us. But God turned it and moved up to the next level. Even look at our, our overflow upstairs. That is, that is extra first class. If you want to sleep, you can stretch your leg. <laughs> you can just take a nap, a little power nap, right? Hallelujah. But COVID-19 thought it was going to be armed to us. So that is the way God takes us through the storm. And I pray under the prophetic grace upon this commission and our Father in the faith that every benefit that comes with the business class and the first class you will get it in this season in Jesus' name.
I, I had the privilege of flying. The first time I was flying out of my original country, country of origin. I had the privilege of flying business class. I didn't pay for it. I paid for an economy class. But I got late to the airport and somehow someone took my seat. And this, I said I can't wait till the next day. I, my study starts on Monday. I was flying on Sunday. He said, okay, no problem. We'll take you to the business class. Wow. When I got there, <laughs> it was my first time. For the first few minutes, I was ignorant. I didn't know what. But when I noticed what was happening around me, I turned the lion in there. <laughs> I ate everything. I drank everything. <laughs> if it was possible to eat the saucer, the plate, they served me it. <laughs> May God help me. <laughs> but that was that's the experience of business class, not to talk of first class. The Lord will take us to that level in Jesus' name. Quickly, from the foregoing, we can establish that when God, the mother ego, is leading us, one, he leads us into the storm. Look at uh, Daniel 3.21. Daniel 3.21, quickly. Then these men were bound in their coats, their oxen and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of what? The burning, fiery furnace. That is the storm of fire. God was leading them. He led them into the storm of fire. Secondly, he leads us through that storm. Like we heard earlier, he follows us through the storm. He's not abandoning us. Hallelujah. Daniel 3.25. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. They threw in three men. But they saw four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no earth. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. He goes through the storm with us. Sometimes he doesn't feel like he's there. Ask Joseph when he was in the pit. He doesn't feel like God was with him. When he was accused wrongly, when he was a slave, he, don't, he didn't feel like God was with him. When he was in the prison, he didn't feel like God was with him. That is when sometimes you pray. It seems as if there is no answer. God wants you to go through the process. But when Joseph got to the palace, he knew God was with him. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 8.15 for emphasis. And if, no, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water. Who brought the fourth water out of the rock of flame? So he, he leads us through it. He doesn't abandon us and wait us on the other side. He waits for us on the other side. He goes through it with us. So whatever you are going through now, God is with you. Tell someone, God is with me. In this, God is with me. I don't know the storm that you are going through, but I know that everybody is going through one storm or the other. Except you are not changing level. If you are changing level, the storm is there. And God is with you in that storm in Jesus' name. Then the third point says, we are expected to benefit from the storm. We must be better than where we were before the storm came to us. Like the COVID-19 thing I'm saying. Or look at the expectant mother. When she's pregnant and she goes into the labor room, what happens? The pain starts. But immediately the child comes, the pain vanishes. No matter what you tell the mother, immediately they hear that cry. The pain vanishes. That is the same thing with the storm, with the mother ego. 
It's going to, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be rosy. There will be pains. There will be sufferings. Jesus went through it, so you will go through it. Our father in the faith, Abraham, went through it, so you will go through it. It's a look unto Abraham, your father. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 17 to 18. Romans 8, 17 to 18. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So there's suffering before the glory. Tell someone there's suffering before the glory. For every glory, there is a story. And the story is not palatable. Forget the people who just come. It's, it's good when we give testimonies because of time. If you give people 30 minutes to tell you what happened between when the breakthrough came, you will know that it's not easy. But because of time, we just say in two minutes and someone comes, this happened and we prayed and God delivered us. But there was a story between that process. Hallelujah. First Peter 5.10 But the God of all grace, who had called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. So in the storm, there is suffering. But after the storm, it makes you perfect, establishes you, which is establishment, strengthens you and settles you. That is your testimony in Jesus' name. And look at the three Hebrew boys that we have been mirroring. Daniel 3, 28 to 30. Look at when the blessing came. Their change of level came just because they went through that storm. If they had said, okay, let's bow down and not go through that storm, they wouldn't have this. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered the servants that trusted in him. This was an hidden God, a uh, king. He didn't know God before this. And I've changed the king's word. Before then, nobody could change the king's word. And yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. So now the, the, the business is this. If there's anything, that any storm that is making you or tempting you to deny your god, you need to stand up against it. Don't be scared. Whatever is trying to make you to deny your god, to stop coming to church, to stop praying, to stop reading the word, you need to stand up. I don't care if it is your work. I don't care if you need that work to pay your mortgage. But anything that is disturbing your relationship with God is getting ready to kill you. Take it to the bank. Because your existence is on the eagle's wing. But if you leave the eagle's wing, you don't want to enjoy that story. Because those that are not on the eagle's wing, what happens to them? They're like chickens. The ox, once there is rain, they hide. When there is storm, they hide. Have you seen the chicken when there is storm, when the wind is boisterous? What happened? The chicken ducks. You don't want to live that lifestyle. Hallelujah. Amen. What must we do now that we know all this? Number one, just know that as an occupant of the eagle's wing, storm is now your way of life. Sorry, I have to declare it this way to you. Storm is our way of life as Christians. As the apostles, as Paul, everything he did, we read all the books he wrote, all the, the revelation, he got it in the midst of the storm, in prison. He didn't get them when he was sitting in the palace. 
Hallelujah. Psalms 56, 9 to 11. Just know it, know it. It said, when I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know for God is for me. So you must know that God is for you in that storm. Even when you are crying, you must know that God is for you in that storm. I, I, I also want to say this. I come from a city. I grew up in a city. When someone is fighting, some people can relate with this story. They will be crying. They are beating you and they are the ones crying. <laughs> they are beating you up. You are the receiving end of the fight and they are the ones crying and shouting. Carrying everything. It's dramatic, but that relates to this. So when you are crying, when you, no matter the situation you are going through, no wanting, God is for you. That problem is trying to tell you that God has abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned you. Ask David. When he saw, he was just anointed to be king. What happened next? Goliath showed up on the scene. This was somebody that was just anointed. You would think that immediately will go to the throne. But Goliath came. And what did David do? He ran towards Goliath. Because he knew God was for him. And this was the psalm of David. Hallelujah. Then Romans 8.28. We sing this scripture in this church. And we know. That all things work together for good to them that love God. So that storm is working together for your good. Know it when it comes. When you enter it, that's part of embracing the storm. It doesn't matter the nature of the storm. Because God is sovereign. Hallelujah. Amen. If there is no storm, it is either you are not on the eagle's wing or it's not leading you. If everything is quiet around you, you are doing same old, same old every day. Check your spiritual lifestyle. You can't be breaking down the kingdom of darkness and devil would allow you to go free. If you are praying every night, binding and casting, that there will be storm. But if there's no storm and you're doing same old, repeating everything every day, every year, check your lifestyle. Hallelujah. That's a message for another day, but I believe it's for someone in Jesus' mighty name. Be sensitive enough. Be sensitive enough to know when the storm is coming. Hallelujah. Maintain sensitivity by constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The eagle knows when the storm is coming and gets ready. He knows. The eagle knows in advance and gets ready. So immediately the storm comes. The eagle flies in, jumps in. He doesn't wait for the storm to come and it, it, it's prepared. So the same thing, you on the eagle swing. Be sensitive enough to know when it comes. At an early stage in life, maybe not teenager, but thank God for his grace. As a teenager, God blessed me to some level. But I noticed one thing, that each time I do something to help people, some attacks come. So at first it was just happening, but I was already born again, so it was too late for the devil. So I didn't stop because the scripture says I shouldn't stop. Don't be weary in doing good. I didn't stop. I didn't care what, what the attack was going to be next. So but what I did is next time before I give, but before I do what I want to do, I first pray and attack that attack before it comes. That is the sensitivity in the spirit. And when I give and the attack comes, I just, I don't even notice it. Some of you, someone told me recently, is that anytime I post a new picture on Facebook, I send some attack around me. That might be the Holy Spirit telling you where it comes from. 
And you just have to be sensitive. Don't stop posting. God has blessed you. Show it off. Hallelujah. Before you post, you attack the attackers. Attack them. When they come, when they see that picture next time, they won't be able to attack it. Hallelujah. There will be fire. I said it will surround us with fire. Hallelujah. So be sensitive in the spirit. Your sensitivity will make you differentiate both storms. Because some storms are not coming as a result of you being on the eagle swing. I just told you about some attacks. Some storms are coming as a result of evil. For instance, on the eagle swing, before the eagle goes into the storm, there are orcs trying to mock the eagle. They want to perch on the eagle swing. If the eagle goes down, the chickens may want to play with the eagle. So those attacks will come, but if you are sensitive, you know the difference. Because there are some attacks, storms that will come, you just say, praise God, hallelujah, I'm doing something right. And you just embrace the storm. But there are some that will come, you just get angry. No! In the beginning, it was not so. In the beginning, it was not so. That's what Jesus said. Hallelujah. And you start praying, you start attacking it, and you will see your testimony in Jesus' mighty name. John, 1 Corinthians 2.10. Sensitivity in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.10 and John, John 14.26. We read that later, but let's read this. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep, deep things of God. Be ready for the storm by building up strength in advance. So you don't wait till the day of the battle to get your guns. Ask any military man or any defense secretary in any country. They don't wait till they are threatened before they get their munitions or before they start training. So leave prepared. Leave prepared because the storms will come. Now that you know that the storms are part of your lifestyle, as an occupant of the eagle swing. Hallelujah. And how do you live prepared? Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord. I thought someone would respond. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That is how you do it. You pray. You fast. You meditate on the word. You serve. You serve. This is very important. You serve. How? Let's read Deuteronomy 9, 25 to 29. What service does in the issue of storms? Because people just think that, okay, you can stay at home. He said, thus I fell down before the Lord. Forty days and forty nights. As I fell down at, at the first. Because the Lord has said he would destroy you. He was talking to the Israelites. I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thy inheritance, which thou hast redeemed through thy greatness, which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. 27, look at this. Remember thy servants. So in the storm, even if the storm didn't come in the right way, because some storms will come because of your omission or commission. But look at what God will do. Remember those who serve him. In the storm, he will remember his servants. Remember your servants. So serve. Be in a service unit. Be in a service unit. These times I was saying that attacks were coming. I was cleaning toilets in church as a young man. I was trying to do the mean anything that is most difficult in the church. Because I know the attacks will come. But God will remember his servant. God will remember you in the storm. In Jesus' mighty name. Fellowship with the brethren. That is also another one. Then finally on this point, embrace the storms. 
having known and prepared for the storm, it is time to embrace it. How? Application. You may know all scriptures in the world, but if you don't apply them, that is the problem most of us have. I, 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 I heard an analogy recently that when you know all the scriptures, you are doing all the things and you don't take action, you are like a brand new car. Which, what is the fastest car? Suspended on the air. And the ignition is, everything is turned on. And you set, you pedal down on the accelerator. What happens? Because it's suspended on the air. The tires will be spinning, but it's going nowhere. That is what happens, the theory. But you have to come to the practical. The servant of God will come out every Sunday. This week is your week of testimony. And you go back on what do you do? You still want to live the same normal lifestyle. No, if the servant of God tells me it's my week of testimony, you know what I will do? The next day, if I'm tired of my job, I will start applying for new jobs. I will even go to some offices. I'm ready to be hired. Okay, maybe, okay, let me try and see. I think I have one example. There was a time I was going to get married, my traditional marriage. Guess where I was going to get married? In Joss. They were bombing every week. But I went to my church in Abuja. As I arrived in Nigeria, I just went to church. The servant of God then, prophet, said, I will see you next Sunday. I didn't need, I was going to see him after church to pray for me for the journey message. But once he proclaimed from the altar, I will see you next Sunday. I said, well, that is settled, which means we'll go for this marriage and come back and I will see the bishop next Sunday. I didn't need prayer again. The same thing with you when the servant of God comes out here. He is prepared. He's fired up. Like he has just come back from the mountain. He's going to declare something into your life. Don't sit down. Don't take it as business as usual. Go out. Go to those offices. He just blessed our point of contact. Open businesses. It's very easy to register a business. Go do research. Open the businesses. Don't say, okay, I'll wait till another sign. No. The sign is there. When the servant of God speaks, God backs it up. So enough of just sitting down. How to embrace the storm? Live by faith. Because you can't see in the storm. That is why God said, we walk by faith and not by sight. In the storm, you can't see. So if you are going to live by sight, you won't succeed in the storm. We walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And not by sight. So in the storm, you, it is your faith that will carry you through. It is not your sight. So live by faith. Tell someone live by faith. Maintain your mindset of a victor, not a victim. This also shall pass. That should be your mindset in the storm. James 1, 2, 4. Maintain your joy. Stay focused. Avoid all forms of distraction. Then finally, don't give up. Give it your best fight. Rise on your feet as we begin to profess this. I am not giving up. I am giving it my best fight. I am not giving up. I am giving it my best fight. Refuse to give up. I will give it my best fight. Don't give up. I will give it my best fight. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you.